0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to Too Smart For This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of Too Smart for This. And I loved this episode because I got to sit down with my friend slash coworker, Lola, who is the founder of The Brand Doula, which is a design studio. And she does everything from building a brand identity to helping people with social media, which is amazing. She builds packaging. She also sells her own products to sort of help you um, build your own sort of social media. So she. Does such an incredible job, and her work has really blown up as she's been freelance designing over the last few months. And I wanted to talk to her because she and I both interned at Google and we both work there full time together. And she and I have had this similar, you know, realization of being able to be your own boss actually being probably something that's more fulfilling because we have, um, obviously, when you get to a job like Google we are extremely grateful for that um but what's important to note is that even if it seems like it's a dream job it's not always going to be what fulfills you for some people it definitely is but for some people it might not be so of course we're very early in our careers and this is by no means saying I don't love my job because I do I do think it's important though to not sort of put these high expectations around like what a dream title might be being the end all be all like your fulfillment is going to come from what you're passionate about and what you love. And there's plenty of lessons to be learned in the other forms of life. And maybe your job is not the place you're always seeking fulfillment, but it is something to really think about. And so we get into that. We also get into how she started her business, how she manages her literally every single day to day, and her love of naps, as well as her experience at Dartmouth. So I am so excited for this. Please take a listen. Enjoy rate review and um, follow me on instagram follow her on instagram everything will be linked in the in the show notes so definitely take a look and have a wonderful day all right welcome lola thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today i'm very excited to discuss like everything with you
1: thank you i'm so happy to be here
0: I'm glad. I'm glad. So essentially, for a little bit of background, you and I have met because we both interned together and then worked or work currently as product marketing managers or associate product marketing managers, as if the program is even <laughs> Real anymore um, at Google. So clearly, you had some sort of interest in marketing, maybe social media, whatever. Could you give us a little background on who you are, what you do, um, both full time and on the side, and just so you know, your sort of introduction moment?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I graduated from Dartmouth um, in June of 2020. I majored in sociology. Um, I originally actually started off as a cognitive science major, um, and then realized what I was actually more interested in was sociology, which was just being really interested in how humans communicate and understand each other. Um, and so that kind of naturally flowed into marketing as a career, uh, like what, how sociology can be applied. Um, and so I just became very fascinated with the way that like we use brands to communicate to humans, um, the way that we've started to kind of make brands more human-like and give them personalities mm-hmm. and um the way that brands tweet and they have like entire like almost lives of their own right. and so i was just like so fascinated about how we can connect with um each other in that way and so um the other side of that was just all throughout college and before then i've always kind of been in this sort of like digital creative space i was a college blogger um, and so for a while I thought that I like wanted to do something with an editorial type of work, like work at a publication, Refinery29 was like the dream. Um, and then I like, the more I started to kind of look for my first internship in things, I realized like maybe I didn't want to be writing articles and things. And I started seeing a lot of things about like brand, like brand partnership, brand coordinator, brand designer, and all these things. And I was like, oh, this is really fascinating. Um, and so in that first internship, I kept trying to look for design jobs. I didn't have a portfolio. Um, I don't know what I thought I was doing, but I would be like applying to, what I didn't realize were like huge agencies. Um, and I was like, here I am. And they were like, girl, uh, you don't even know how to open Photoshop. So that did not work out. I kind of was humbled there. And so at my school, we have, um, a quarter system. And so instead of like, who so did we? Oh, it perfect. Was, um, you
0: know, it was crazy.
1: The struggle. Um, but I yes. guess the one, the one good thing that came out of it was I took off our winter term. Um, and so instead of doing an internship, I actually designed my own ter- own internship. I went home and decided to learn how to design, so that by the time my junior year rolled around, the next internship spot I could apply for, like an agency type job. Um, so that was the biggest turning point. I like got my first client. It was just like a blogger. I did some social media templates, things like that. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I love this. Um, so I kept doing freelance design all throughout college. Didn't even intern at design agency. We interned at Google. Um, and that was kind of through, and I wonder if you were there, were you ever at the black Ivy league business conference?
0: No, I wasn't, no. Um,
1: okay, so yeah, there was this conference, like the first of its kind, I think, um, that brought together a bunch of college students from all of the Ivy Leagues, and that was when I first heard about the Google marketing job, like the Bulge program and everything, and so mm-hmm. I ended up applying to that, um, and it was actually the, the only internship I applied for for junior year, and I got it, and I did it, had the time in my life, so I was like, well, let's do this full-time.
0: Um, wow that is so crazy i mean i'm with you i didn't know google had marketing until my sophomore year and they were like we have like learned about the apmm program which i was going to go into consulting otherwise but i'm glad you ended up there and that is such a massive initiative that you took to go home and like learn how to design for a quarter what sort of like took what was it that you did in those like 10 weeks i guess to really like dive into it? Was it like a course you took or did you sort of design it on your own?
1: Yeah, it was kind of, uh, you'll hear this a lot, like building the staircase as I went. The brand design world is kind of like, at least at that time, was the wild, wild west. Like there is no such thing as a brand design course. Um, And so I was kind of piecing things together a bit. And I started by like studying. There were some people who sold like website templates, social media templates, things like that. So I would study what they were doing. Um, And then like, whatever I didn't know, I just looked up tutorials on YouTube. And somehow, that came together to learn how to do brand design.
0: Yeah, man, those YouTube tutorials will get you through everything, honestly. (laughs) That's how I started the podcast, how I do literally everything (laughs) in life. It's necessary. So that's amazing. I'm really like inspired by that idea of deciding to go home and learn how to design. So clearly we're in like 2019. You just finished your Google internship. You decide you're going to go back full time. So when did the brand doula begin in that time frame, I guess?
1: Pretty much exactly at the same time. Um, And that's kind of where this whole like doing double time thing kind of started. So I had been freelance designing, but I got like my first pretty big project the same time that I got the internship. So I was working on this really big web no design um, during my internship with a woman um, named Vivian K. She was like Instagram famous, like for, I've, starting, heard, like- I've heard of her. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So she like owns Kiki Curly Yaki. Um, so she wanted to like redesign her personal website um, and so by the time like the internship basically ended the same time our project ended, I hit I came back to school in the fall um, and I had come up with the name of the Brandula for the studio. Um, and I was like, yeah, like I want to do this. I never for once like, I got. I didn't think too far into the future. Like if I would be able to do this at the same time as Google, um, I was just like, yeah, I need to be doing this at the same time. Um so it was pretty much just right in parallel I got the Google offer in uh I guess it would be like November or so October November and Yeah October Um November. a month before I had just come up with the brand new name and had started like doing some groundwork with um website design back end business work all of those things
0: Wow so this whole of senior year you were like designing then Yeah Wow. Okay. Love that for you. I mean, it got, I guess it got like, it definitely all changed when COVID hit and like the end of our senior year. I did my whole last quarter online. I don't know if you like graduated early. Oh yeah. It was crazy. So how did you start sort of managing your time and everything once we were like found out we were going to be working from home for like the first year of our <laughs> full-time jobs? <laughs>
1: Um, well that's a great question. Um, so the pandemic was probably the best thing that could have happened to the brand doula. Um, just because when we went back home, the thing, so I'll I'll kind of walk myself back a little bit here, but I had been designing senior year, but not as much because I was heavily involved in my college career. Like all the orgs, like especially as a senior, you're in all the leadership mm-hmm. positions. So like I had barely actually even touched the brandula that much. The pandemic hit; all of that fell away. Like nobody's trying to do any org meetings um, when we're exactly. all and, stuff. and so I suddenly had a bunch of time. And for some reason, like I kept getting new client inquiries, um, and I was just like, "Let me stop saying no. Like let me just do this." Um, it was like a couple of inquiries that I just couldn't say no to, like dream clients. Um, so in the middle of the pandemic, I was like, "All right." Let me get back into design and just see what happens. Um, and so for the last quarter, I like probably it was pass fail, and I did the bare minimum I needed. Oh to
0: girl, me pass. too. Pass, pass I, fail. Shout out to pass fail. Shout
1: out to pass fail because otherwise, I just don't know if that would have worked out at all. And like, shout out to all the students currently like doing a full year now um Prayers in pandemic that sounds horrible praying for you because girl I probably would have had to drop out by now um but yeah so I was like working full-time the brandula and then like an hour a day on my schoolwork um and then even after I graduated this continued the whole summer since we couldn't travel as I was originally planning to do I just did the brandula like day in day out like I would wake up excited at 7 a.m go to sleep at 3 a.m just the brandula all like that was all I could talk about um and then rolling around September started the full-time job um and I had to like quickly reconfigure my whole life um to now fit not just one full-time job but two full-time jobs um at the same time so that was definitely a challenge I was also moving at the same time I moved from Houston to um Vancouver, Washington, which is like right next to Portland. Um so there was a lot going on and just was it wasn't easy. Um definitely like very emotionally challenging and physically challenging, but um I'm still here, so
0: <laughs> She is still here and you mentioned on your stories that you hit some of those goals that you really wanted to hit in the last quarter at least with like your side hustle and Um, I know you were thinking about like even the potential to take it full time. So how do you set those goals? Um, You mentioned like last summer, you weren't really like, or during school, you weren't really like that concerned with it. But then during the pandemic, it was like these dreams sort of fell into your, not necessarily into your lap because it takes a lot of work, obviously, but like you had some great opportunities. So how did you set those goals and then decide how to prioritize what you want to do and what you don't want to do?
1: Mm, I love that question. Um, yeah, so for that, I kind of consider the brand officially starting in May during the pandemic um, in my senior year. And so kind of for six months um, from May to the end of 2020, I had never even set an income goal. Uh, I was just like, let's see what happens first. I think when you're first starting a business, it's hard to set goals when you don't even know like what the benchmark is. So that was kind of my right. benchmark. Um, And so I saw how much I made in those six months, and then essentially doubled it for 2021 to see if I could repeat that. Um, So like, I'll know that it wasn't just a fluke. uh, And I know that I can like bring in this many clients for a full year, if I can make double what I did in six months um, in 2021. And then
0: that's great. you're using your like own data to set goals for the future. that's yeah uh,
1: that's really smart. It's yeah, because I, I think also in the design world, it's getting better, but like people aren't super transparent with like how much they make in things. There's like buzzwords like having your first 10 k month, which is like you've booked. Um, enough clients to bring in $10,000 or you're making like a six figure year, but people don't right. really get into like the monthly and daily kind of what that looks like. So it's kind of like uh, you need to have, you have to set the goals for yourself and, and use your own internal like data to create those goals. Otherwise it'd be really lost. Um, which I also kind of like because it reduces a lot of the comparison game and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Using other people's success metrics to define your own. I'm able to do that for myself. Amazing. Um, So yeah. And January rolled around and I like blew that goal out of the water. Um,
0: Yes.
1: Like what in the world? Um, So yeah, that's, so I was just like, okay, obviously like this is not a fluke at all. Um, This is something that's pretty sustainable. Um, And then from there, I also started setting some other goals. Like one thing I wanted to do was not have all of my money coming from one income stream. Um, So like right now I only do client-based work, but I also started launching digital products and I'll be launching a couple of other services that are a little bit less time consuming, but still bringing money in because I want to be able to run a business that can actually like run on its own without me needing to be at the helm of like every single thing. Um, that comes out of the business. So those are some of my other goals.
0: I love that. And it's so important to have obviously multiple streams of income as an entrepreneur. But so how do you balance that with your like Google work, I guess? I mean, both of us, I mean, I don't know who's listening to this, but like the the work is not as fulfilling and it's (laughs) a little bit... Um, difficult, especially because like the program we signed up for is not really like what we're getting. And we were supposed to have like wide experience marketing and lots of travel opportunities and Mm -hmm. because and a great community. But all of those things are contingent on not being in a global pandemic. So we sort of like have lost that. So I can imagine that you're getting a lot of your creative or your your, you know, drive from your side hustle, which or. I don't even know if it's your side of the at this point, but like from the brandula. So how have you managed that and how are you starting to set your expectations up for the future?
1: Yeah. Um, the APMM program. Oh my. Uh, and Alexis, you know, like I've been very vocal within the Google space about like issues with the program and things like that. Um, definitely. I, I feel disconnected from the work and I'm, I'm being like fully transparent here. Um, going between like the brand duo where I'm working one-on-one with people, I see the direct impact it's having on their small businesses. Um, I'm like the vision setter. I make the decisions and then going to like corporate where you're at the lowest level, you're an entry-level person. Um, you're Nothing doing-
0: Nothing really do matters.
1: Yeah, you're doing like grunt work. You have no idea like what the, impact is to the business like a billion dollar business um it's just like so it can be a little bit disorienting and um if honestly though if the pandemic hadn't happened and we weren't working from home I would find balancing this with the brand much more challenging but since we're literally just in front of our computers there's no other community engagement um no programming you know nothing it's just the job it kind of Makes it a lot easier. I kind of have my like work lap- laptop open at the same time. I have my main desktop with the brandula stuff open. So whenever I can catch some extra moments during the day, I'm usually also doing brandula work. Um, and then it's yeah, the Google job is kind of like I need to get what I need to get done for the day, um, and I don't give that much more thought to it. To be honest,
0: yeah, I feel you. I'm I'm pretty similar in that I've noticed that I wasn't like networking enough Mm -hmm. and then I was like nobody wants to network like nobody (laughs) wants an extra meeting on their calendar you know so it's been a really interesting like onboarding process and obviously like some it's been harder for some than it has for others and I think like we there's definitely a lot of work to be done in the tech space in general especially for us in our program specifically but in terms of how this ha- or in terms of how your like job at google and managing the brand at once could you walk us through like a typical day in your life like I want the specifics. I would love to know when you wake up, what else you do. Like, what is your life sort of like? You're also like, you live in a studio, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. So
0: we're the same. Love that for you. Huge fan. Yeah, so yeah. what is your, yeah. <laughs> it's the best. So what's your day look like?
1: Um, Such a good question. Because I want you guys to know the realities of this life. Please
0: wow. tell me the realities. Don't sugarcoat it. I know it's um, a lot of work.
1: Yeah. So biggest thing to note, I wake up with no alarm. And this is not because I'm a morning person, but because my anxiety will just wake me up. Uh, <laughs> like
0: six Relatable content. In.
1: So I haven't turned on an alarm in months, which is great. Uh, and so I wake up. Usually the first thing I do, I know like, we're not supposed to do this or whatever but i get on my phone um and i'm on my business instagram checking dms if i have content planned for that day i post it um that morning because that's i have a lot of like east coast audiences and so by the time i wake up it's already kind of late morning getting into the afternoon for them so i want to make sure that content gets Mm -hmm. out um so i will post that and usually i'm really excited about the content i post so also the reason why i can't sleep is because i'm like oh my gosh i got I got some heat coming for y'all on Instagram. Post it, um, and then yeah, I'll usually get up and um, I don't shower in the mornings. I usually shower in the night. So in the mornings, brush my teeth, do my like morning face routine, and then go make some matcha, um, which I have formed definitely a dependency on. I didn't realize how much it makes me alive, but I love matcha so much. Um, and then I'll sit at my desk. I open both my desktop and my Google laptop and go through all the emails on both of them and then see if I can answer anything immediately. If not, then I kind of flag it for later. Um, and then by then, Google work, like everybody's usually fully online. So I have to go to meetings um, a lot of the times and like meetings will take up most of the day. Uh, You know how calendars are. Mm. Um, These
0: calendars are full.
1: (laughs) They're full. If I have like 30 to 45 minute chunks in between, then I'll usually try to get some um, Google work done. My job is mostly like spreadsheets and things. So very mind numbing work, but I try to get it done as fast as possible. Um, And then lunchtime, I block off on my calendar from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. on my Google calendar. So people usually... Try to respect that and don't book it. Um, and I will go make a HelloFresh meal um, if it's Ooh. not already. Yeah, that's the other thing. I get HelloFresh because I do not have the time to like go to the grocery not that store grocery and figure out meals. I hate it. Um, and usually, like twelve to one p.m. is not enough time to make a HelloFresh meal. So I'll also like try to leave leftovers from the night before when I actually cook dinner. Um, and so I'll eat leftovers or if it's like a 15 minute, um, flash meal, then I'll make it then. And then back at Google work meetings, um, probably like now because things are slowing down, fitting it, fitting in a bit of like the brandula design work as well. And just kind of keeping an eye on my email of uh, my Google email, if anything comes through. Um, and then at. 5 p.m. I do like a hard stop with Google work if I can. I like close my laptop. You're not going to be emailing. Like I'm not going to be responding past at the latest, like 5.30 Ooh. p.m. unless there's like something super important. Just because I think as an entry-level person, I don't think there's anything I'm doing that's that time sensitive. Um, to, to be working past, like late into the hours. That's, you know, that's some LA stuff not me it's um,
0: certainly not that deep
1: certainly not that deep so yeah hard stop um and by 5 p.m I usually go take a nap um as crazy as my schedule is I have to t- make time for naps it's just how I what I need to be well um, so I'll usually try to take a nap at that point and then get up um and eat dinner if there is dinner there or I'll order something um, and then I hop into the Brandula work at around six thirty seven, Um, And then it's just Brandula all the way through until I finish with my tasks for the day. And on the Brandula side, I have my days. I have blocked days. So Mondays are all of my admin days. Um, so like emails, workflows in Dubsado, um, cleaning up my Notion pages, all of those things. And then Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays are all client work. So anything creative I have to do, I block off those days especially. And then Thursdays and Saturdays are call days. Um, I'm an introvert. And so if I have to have a call with a client and then turn around and, like, also try to design, it's just not going to work out because I'll be so, like, exhausted. Um, So I try to, like, make all of my calls on two distinct days. So I'm not focused on jumping around between, like, creative work and communication and things like that. Um, And then Sunday are my on-the-business days. So that's when I make time to do those other projects I'm working on, like the additional um, revenue streams and things like that, anything that's furthering the business um, on a strategy level. So, yeah, that is what my day-to-day looks like. Um, And some kind of, like, difficult things, eating. Being a human being is very hard, and, like, I don't even know if that, like, (laughs) Eating three times a day is a task. Like that is a it is. task. Um, and so, like that's just something I've struggled with a lot, especially going from college where we have all of our meals prepared for us to being responsible for that fully. Um, and we didn't
0: sign up for that. We signed we up not. for three free meals, free, three free meals a day, and now y'all have me over here cooking. It's like, too much. What
1: The heck, um, that was not that was not properly prepared as part of our you know adult readiness journey in college, but. I digress um so yeah that's a huge thing I I struggle to like eat at a regular rate um and HelloFresh helps a lot with that just even having them deliver those three meals a week um and it's usually I get a serving for two people so I usually have leftovers I can eat for the next day but yeah
0: Beautiful. Wow. I mean, it is It is a lot. I mean, I found myself today just with like all the things I needed to do. It was like 3 p.m. and I hadn't eaten anything. And I was like, I, I could either keep going or I know that in two hours I'll have a headache and mm-hmm. like probably start crying at something <laughs> randomly. So like I have to take a second and eat now. But like if of all those other things I had to do, like food was not what I was thinking about, but it was like I mean, it is it is difficult to manage like your own life post-grad and I can't even imagine what it would be like if we were all like in San Francisco trying to do it too. So mm-hmm. what's been the hardest thing outside of eating um, ever since like you've graduated, I guess, in terms of, you know, just like figuring out what you're supposed to do with your life?
1: Literally that, figuring out what I'm supposed to do with my life. Um, right, like- I mean... Yeah. I mean, like full transparency, the other day I called my dad crying because I was like, I'm literally so confused right now. Um, and like, especially, you know, being at a company like Google, it's like you've made it kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have stocks and we have a 401k and we're making a very generous amount of money for a marketing entry level job. Uh, how come I'm still not like satisfied with this? Is there something yes. wrong with me? Um like, should I just sit, like, kind of sit this out? Because also the other thing is I really don't like the particular job I was assigned. Um, it doesn't feel in line at all with like my special, like my expertise in marketing. You're
0: literally a creative and they have you yeah. on the spreadsheets. They like- have me in
1: spreadsheets. So I was just like, like if I was to kind of take the leap and go into the brandula and just like leap into so much risk, so much more stress, it's kind of stress that I, I don't mind. Cause it's, you know, my baby. But like, um, yeah, it was just like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Should I stick this out? Is there something I should still be able to learn from Google that I'm just not thinking hard enough about? I'm not, you know, I'm being too rash, all of these things. Um, it's definitely like one of the hardest parts of just graduating and not having any more of a set path in front of you. It's like, you can literally do whatever you want, but the caveat is that you are now literally responsible for every single action and the outcomes of it. Um, so now it's just like, wow, every feels like every decision I make just feels so permanent. Um, and like, kind of like it's determining my future. So yeah, that can be really stressful.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is really stressful. I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I think like, when you grow up, and I mean, I know Dartmouth can probably be similarly competitive and like weird, where once you have the job, like you also have this like external form of validation, where it's mm-hmm. like, you're doing something really cool. And like, as a black woman, like you have made it because of the struggle that it took for you to get here and succeed here and you have the great job. So nobody can say anything to you. And then once you're, and so once you're in the job it feels like when you're not fulfilled, it it feels like something's wrong with you or that you're supposed to like want something else and it feels really scary especially when you have a passion that's already like doing very well for you but also like the passion you have to find yourself and it's not always going to be in the work and it's so hard mm-hmm. to realize that like at this age too and then it's like well what do you do with this moving forward because there's like that side of when you're a black woman at a company that has like less than 1% black women, it feels like you also have like a duty to help diversify it. But it feel, it's a really weird, it's a very privileged thing for us to be in right now, but it's a very um, uncomfortable feeling
1: too. 100%. Yeah. There are so many, like, it's just, it's so weighty. Like you don't want to feel you or you don't want to come off as ungrateful that you like in this, extremely privileged position that like not you know as less than 0.1 percent people even really have the opportunity um to see like i'm complaining about a job that provides financial stability and insurance and all those things Um, and so it kind of feels like you know like why am i even complaining about this like this is a good this is a good life but at the same time um i'm starting to also realize that it's really important to ask myself why more often why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Is it the validation? Um, do I need the validation? Is it is it worth more than some of the other things that I'm noticing that I don't like about this job? Um, so yeah, like asking harder questions than just what we're told to appreciate, which is like, oh, this is going to look really good on your resume. Um, You're doing like so much to further diversity in tech. Your voice is important in tech, all of these things. Um, but asking why is that important to me? Is that important to me? Is that something I need to feel well? Um, And yeah, asking questions like that more often.
0: For sure. That's a really good way to put it. And um, when I set goals, I try to ask myself that kind of question. Like, do I want this like want accolade or something, or like even you know how there's like all these little like ERG per- positions you can have within Google? It's like, mm-hmm. do I want that because I genuinely like want to do whatever's in that role, or do I want it for like someone else to think that I'm you know capable or something like that? Mm-hmm. So and so you in every decision you make, like subconsciously and consciously, we are always making those decisions about and before other people a lot of the time so like to go from a place like college especially an elite college where there's a lot of different pressures where there is a good and a bad to going towards like what do you actually want is a big transition so did you deal with that in college you mentioned you were in a ton of different groups um and stuff like that like did you deal with like a lot of um i guess like searching for external validation or like having You know, just like being surrounded by white people is a trip in itself. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, being a PWI. uh, So in college, because Dartmouth was so small, um, it wasn't as hard to make decisions like that because like, I don't know, ignoring freshman year, because you're still just like discovering things in general. By sophomore year, I very quickly like realized that this would be my opportunity to really um, ingrained myself within a black community because growing up I went to PWIs like my entire um, life and Dartmouth like surprisingly was the most black people I've ever like been like interacted with yeah. um, which is like crazy because there's not a whole lot of black people at Dartmouth um <laughs> yeah. so yeah so I was like well I need to start investing in like learning more about like my black identity and things um and so then you're choices kind of of what to be involved with really um, narrowed down just because there there aren't that many organizations and a lot of them need help and they need like participation. So I kind of joined the ones that I felt most interested in, which were um, Black Girls Are Magic, which was kind of like the support group for um, Black women on campus. I restarted um, our like historically Black publication, Black Praxis, and became the editor in chief of that Um, because I just saw a huge gap creatively that I knew that Black people like needed an outlet to be creative and to share their voice. Um, And then I joined Delta as well. I became a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Um, And so I just kind of followed that pathway of learning more about my Black identity. Um, I minored in African and African-American studies And so that's kind of how my journey took shape, especially starting sophomore year. Um, So I guess, yeah, it wasn't as difficult, or like I didn't have so many existential questions about like what am I doing, what is my path. Um, I think probably maybe yeah, it seems like
0: you had figured out your path sophomore year, and that sounds like the college experience I wish I had. So I'm (laughs) very happy for you.
1: I'm curious. So what was your like experience? kind of making those decisions and figuring out your path in college
0: yeah I mean I came to college with a very like limited understanding of how you can like how to make money because I grew up in like a low-income household and didn't and like in a small town prior Mm -hmm. to that so I thought there was like doctor, lawyer, engineer was like the Mm -hmm. only thing you could do. I had no idea that there was a world of business and I couldn't do math. So I wasn't going to be an engineer and I hate blood. So I wasn't going to be a doctor. So it turned out I was like going to be a lawyer. And I chose Northwestern because I wanted to go into journalism before I went to law school Mm -hmm. and the law um, law school. I mean, journalism quickly declined because Donald Trump was elected two months into our freshman year. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to get paid nothing to report on it. in this, you know, like I was like, no. So I switched out and did political science and then, by the grace of God fell into like entrepreneurship and like learning a lot about what that was and I ran a conference about it and so I didn't have a plan or an understanding of the world around me when I got to college so I didn't really have like the I guess the ability to make all those decisions well so I just knew that I needed to survive and fit in so Mm -hmm. I based all my decisions off of like fitting in and making sure I would like have um I guess like once I learned about business and stuff I like making sure I would have like a good job and that type of thing so ended up being in a sorority ended up running another club and just like was doing a lot of things for um external validation in the way of being surrounded by white people I guess I just like Put my whole personality away, you know? And so post grad has been a lot about figuring out what that was when I was like just trying to, I guess, stay afloat in Mm -hmm. an environment that was very unnatural to me. So it's definitely had its like highs and lows. I loved my friends. I had like a great time while I was there, but I can definitely tell that I wasn't really like being my full self and that I was really trying to change, not for me but for other people. So now it's about figuring out what, uh, what I really want and what I want to do. And part of that is like a similar struggle to what you're having of do, is this job really something that was for me or is it something for other people? You know? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's super interesting. Um, and I feel like also this time has been a time of rediscovering your personality, rediscovering who you are just because, of the way so many things have just fallen away like we're literally sitting at home Mm -hmm. all day like most of it is with our alone with our thoughts and so you kind of realize what it is that you even are thinking about most of the time or what what thoughts do come when they're not being influenced by those external factors and pressures so I'm sure that you've been doing a lot of reflecting (laughs) oh you know it
0: (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So much self-reflection. So for you, if do you do self-reflection? Do you bake that into your week? Obviously, you have like 4 million things to do. So like what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I'm actually so glad you asked this question because I forgot to talk about it in the routine. Um, but I journal and my like that's what I do right now. My wellness journey has looked different um, over the past few months. I used to do a lot more meditation especially while I was in college that kind of fell away um, I didn't feel as connected to it or at least like any particular like, instructors mm-hmm. um, and so then I kind of looked at yoga a bit more that kind of fell away just cuz I'm in this I'm in this mood right now where physical activity is just like not it's non-existent in my life um I like if you ask me to do a push-up for a million dollars I still would not do it like it's just I don't know I go through phases (laughs) um and so then like I realized that journaling is mandatory for me now um just because it's such a healing thing for me to do um as an Aquarius, we have a lot of thoughts and just like completely live in oh our my heads. God, you're
0: an Aquarius, you're an yes. Aquarius. Um, oh my god, it's like your year.
1: The torture.
0: Oh my <laughs> god. There's so much. I um can't. and
1: I, I yeah, I thought this year was going to be like this magical year instead the
0: Aquarius Wait, did you call your dad crying on Thursday the full moon? Oh my god, that No, A Either way, there was a full moon in Aquarius last week. So. It was on
1: Friday.
0: Wow. Yeah. Astrology is real, guys. Anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I have always journaled off and on and not regularly, but every single time I do journal, I feel so much better. Um, and expressing all of these, like, thoughts I have, um, you know challenging clients business challenges google challenges all of those things it's kind of helped me get through the next week and so now I have a a like mandatory journaling time on Sunday just because I can't afford anymore to like do it sporadically um, and so that's kind of my that's main fun. reflection practice right now is through journaling
0: That's important. I think journaling is something. I mean, when I was growing up, I always wanted to keep a journal. So I have like these random entries somewhere. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I've been able to do it consistently as an adult has literally saved probably so much energy this year. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. I'm a huge fan. It's like huge fan. That aside, I'm also wondering for you then, like over the last year, what is the most like life-changing thing that you have learned?
1: Mm. (laughs) Life-changing. I don't know. I think I'm still, you know, when you feel like you're in the process of learning something big
0: and you don't know where this is
1: going, but you're like, you know, the universe is putting you through it right now. And I think the conclusion is going to be that I need to do whatever it is that I want to do. And there's absolutely nothing that I need to do um, that I don't determine for myself. And I think it's going to result in me. Sorry, my computer keeps locking. Um, it's going to result in me seeking this full time role and realizing that I'm not going to just die if I do. Um, and that like, the only thing I need to follow is my gut. I think that is the kind of life changing lesson that's coming my way, especially this year.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like, the, I think I understand what's blocking you too is like, this is supposed to be like the end all be all dream job mm-hmm. and it's hard to figure that out. So when did you, I guess, realize then that like you were really in control of your life then?
1: Um, hmm. I think probably like around December, January. Um, I just, it just, I just kept coming back to it. Like Every weekend, I'd be complaining to my mom and she'd be like, well, just stay and try to learn what you want. And then every Friday, again, I'd come back to like, this is not what I want. Um, and <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> journaling sorry. a lot more and determining like what is it that I'm actually scared of? Um, what What is the actual risk um, that I could come with making the leap? Um, and there are some real like legitimate Reasons why I would not. Holy. But at the same time, it's like, is this worth risking my well-being? Like, if I'm crying over this, I'm not a crier. Um, and so, wow. if you get me to cry, like that's a huge sign. I'm also not somebody who can just stick. Like, I don't stick things out. I will absolutely fold if I don't feel like. I've oh, been same. Doing. Um, that's just like my thing. I don't have grit <laughs> in that sense. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of when things just are, have started to become more clear. And then also just that kind of very affirming sign from the world of like booking all of those clients and kind of making a lot more money than I was expecting to just in one month. I was like, okay, I can, I could definitely do this. And um, if I am in control, that doesn't mean that I will be unsuccessful. I can also, as much as I'm in control of my failures, I'm in in control of that success as well. Um, So yeah, I think that's kind of when it became more clear.
0: Absolutely. And that's such an important reminder. Like, yes, when the failures happen, like you were in control of that. But when the success happens, like it's so much sweeter because you were completely in control Mm -hmm. of that
1: too. Exactly.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I'm really glad that you started all of this and that you will be able to hopefully, at least you have the goal, you know, like you have the idea of what your dream life looks like. And it's like only a matter of time before hopefully you get there, you know?
1: Yeah, and right now I'm kind of working out when that time is. I, I set my six-month savings goal, um, mm-hmm. and I'm honestly like 85% of the way there. Um, and so now – so like from there, it's kind of like if you hit that six-month savings goal, you save enough like rent, utilities, all those bills – When's when's the time? What are you gonna do? Um, that that's like the next steps I'm trying to figure out now. Yeah,
0: I mean the feeling of like it being real is is because it's fun to dream about, but then (laughs) you got to pay your bills, and it's scary. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, um, I want to be mindful of your time, so a few final questions. What is one resource that has helped you learn or grow exponentially?
1: Ooh, um. A couple. So first of all, I think the design community in general is so good, especially like I've just made so many friends on like through Instagram um, that have helped me a lot. And in particular, like a Slack group was created called the Designers Cohort where you can you can pretty much ask anything and people would like flood your like messages with resources and things. So that has helped me grow a lot. That's so
0: nice.
1: Yeah, it's so great. Like I like love those people so much. Um, the other thing would be like some more tangible things. Um, Adobe Live, which are like Adobe's live hosted kind of um, watch me design trainings hosted on Behance um, has helped a lot to hone my design skills they have things all around brand identity animations all of those things so whenever i like just want to see somebody else's workflow um that has helped me so much um the other thing would probably be square stylist and this is super specific if anybody out there is like trying to learn squarespace web design um but she is like so
0: good to know my what's yes um, especially
1: if you hate code but she is somebody who basically has just like flipped Squarespace on its head to turn it from like this platform that could be seen as relatively limited for designers and then showing people how with just a little bit of CSS you can make extremely custom websites and as somebody who was like allergic to code like hated it my first ever see in my life was in code like computer science one and I was like I'm never doing this again in my life um and then as a designer, I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, to do website do design, mm, you need to know some code. And so I found Square Stylist and she has just like, like, girl, I can code. I can, I can CSS code. Um, so she has just been like a wow. phenomenal resource and kind of given me a lot of confidence back in my abilities to, to code um, for websites. So yeah, definitely shout out to her for kind of being a huge foundational person in my skill building Um, journey so yeah those would probably be my biggest ones
0: that's amazing that's going to be so helpful for anyone who's interested in this and obviously if anyone wants to reach out to you for work they can definitely do that too because you clearly know what you're doing (laughs) um one when I can afford you I'll definitely you'll be my first choice um (laughs) Um, but okay, so I love to end the episode with a few rapid fire questions. So are you up for that?
1: My gosh, I'm so bad at these, but sure. <laughs> Don't worry <laughs>
0: about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right, we will start with appetizers or dessert?
1: Oh, desserts.
0: Interesting. Okay. Instagram or TikTok?
1: Ooh, Instagram. <laughs>
0: okay. Favorite TV show of all time. <gasps> New
1: Girl, I think.
0: Ooh, it is good. It is really good. So I need good. to rewatch it. Honestly, I feel like that might calm some anxieties for me. Yeah, <laughs> so. I just
1: rewatched it, and I would just realize actually how phenomenal that show
0: is. So that's funny. good. I'm glad. Okay, favorite podcast.
1: Um, right now it's per our last email, which is like a freelancer podcast where people submit their like crazy client stories.
0: That sounds amazing. <laughs> that's that's Definitely hilarious. To listen. Okay, most important self care practice: journaling. Period. Okay. Finally, finish this sentence with something you want young people to know. You're too smart for.
1: Um, you are too smart for following what everybody else is doing instead of listening to yourself.
0: Stunning. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And where can everyone find you if they want to follow you or book any sort of clients? I know you're probably you're extremely busy. So where plug yourself for us?
1: You can find me um, if you want to like directly get in contact with me best ways through Instagram at the brand doula two D's in between. Um and then to book my services, you can head over to my website, thebranddoula.co. Um and I am so available for questions and anything like that. Um if you're like trying to get started with a design career or want to talk more about transitioning between you know corporate life and freelance life and all those things. I'm always happy to chat more about those um topics and yeah thank you so much for having me and having this very relaxing conversation um I always love talking about things like this
0: of course I love talking about them too and it's so nice that we got to connect like outside of work and discuss things that I feel like we're always dealing with so (laughs) thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart For This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart For This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.